When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here at the Ranger Report Podcast, we only represent products we believe in. As you've heard over the past year plus, we've been running our Walton's commercial. I've been using Walton's products for a long time now, and let me tell you, they're some of the best seasonings I've ever used. One of my staples to make at my house are pork chops, and their ultimate pork chop and roast rub has gotten more compliments than anything that I've ever used. For burgers, their better burger seasoning is delicious, and I only use that on my burgers. Again, tons of compliments. They have all kind of seasonings that you can imagine. They have barbecue sauce and the thick kind, not the watery kind at all. If you're into wild game, they have seasons and rubs for that as well. Don't forget their line of sausage casings and all the tools to make your own meat products from sausage and jerky to grinders and more. Walton's really is a one-stop shop for everything but the meat. If you like tips and tricks and videos on how to do a whole lot of things when it comes to cooking, then you should go to www.meatgistics.com. Go to www.waltonsinc.com today and start shopping and tell them the Ranger Report podcast sent you. Walton's, everything but the meat. This is Taylor Hearn of the Texas Rangers and you listen to the Ranger Report podcast. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside scoop. Listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ranger Report Podcast. I am Ben Dieter. You can find me on Twitter at BDieter75. I am C.J. Berryman. You can find me at C.J.B. underscore R.R. on Twitter. And we are thrilled today to be joined by Rangers prospect infielder Blaine Krim. Blaine, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are y'all? I'm happy to be here. Doing well, sir. Thanks We're glad to have us. you. We're glad to have you back on. We had John last year after you finished in the Dominican, so you're staying in the country this year around, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> I uh, I need I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you pretty much played like what a year and a half straight. I mean, you had a little time off, but after playing in the Dominican League, you you played pretty much a year and a half straight last year. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, I think the so I, I knew going into the last week of the season this year, I had Wednesday off, so I knew I had the last game off. My parents were actually in town in Round Rock, and I walked downstairs to meet him for breakfast. And my dad had been working a little bit that morning, and he was like, "Well, you know," because I got bored. He was like, "How many at bats do you think you've had in the last eighteen months?" I was like, "Well, too many." Um, I, I think I guess like so I thought something outrageous at like 1100 or 1200 and he was like well plate appearances you've had like just over 1400 
So, and he was, and I, th- I think it came out to where it averaged a game every other day for for 18 months. So, wow. I mean, it, it was, you know, it was fun during it. And then, you know, it got tough at some points, but uh, it definitely is making this offseason a little sweeter. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised your shoulder didn't fall off at some point during those 18 <laughs> yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It was tough. Well, I know you finished in Round Rock, but let's start with your time in Frisco. You know, even though you finished in Round Rock, was it cool to watch the team you played for most of the year win the Texas League Championship? Yeah, it was great. I mean, um, you know, that that was one of those things that was bittersweet, um, yeah. you know, just being with those guys all year and kind of, you know, honestly getting mentally ready for that playoff push um, and then, you know, not being a part of it. Uh, but, you know, the guys that they brought up to – to you know when I came went up to Round Rock honestly you know did more than I could have probably but um it was super cool you know they faced I I I really stayed in touch with all of them and they they made sure to FaceTime me in the locker room after you know clinching and then went in the first round and then went in the second round so (laughs) or went in the finals so it was really cool to you know see that and you know, that group was pretty special. I think, you know, we went, we went through a lot of ups and downs and we were pretty streaky. So I, I, yeah. I don't know how we necessarily met everyone's expectations throughout the year, but I think we finished the way they envisioned us finishing. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, there was high expectations going into the season yeah. you know, for Frisco. There's very high expectations because you guys were loaded and are they're still loaded. Uh, yeah. down there um so what was your one of your favorite memories from frisco i would say um i think really just like the second half of the season um as a whole was was pretty special because you know we came back from all-star break you know um i thought we were playing pretty well early on in the second half and we looked and Midland had won like an outrageous amount of games in a row. And it was kind of tough to see like, Oh my gosh, I don't even think we're going to make playoffs at all because Midland was just running away with it. And, you know, we kind of messed up in the first half when, you know, it was kind of ours to win and we lost it. So the second half, I think we just kind of played more together as a team instead of, uh, you know, I think we have a lot of guys on that team that, you know, we had some first-year pro guys. We had some. We had a lot of Rule Five eligible guys. We had. Yeah, seemed more relaxed in the second half. Yeah, really. yeah. It was, and I know, especially for me, you know, I definitely kind of relaxed the the second half of the season. But just really playing together more the second half instead of, I guess, more of an individualized approach. And we kind of played with nothing to lose, and then you know we blink and we're two games up going into the last week of the season, and we're like, dang, we actually have this. Um, and you know, I don't necessarily know what their playoff mindset was, but it was probably, you know, along the lines of there's nothing to lose at this point. So, you know, really the second half of the season was really fun down the stretch. You know, we were playing some really good baseball, uh, things were starting to click on all cylinders. So I'm glad we clicked at the right time, but, um, that was a super special group. I mean, we're, it was filled with memories. And when we had Joe Corbett trying to, take down 30 hot dogs in 30 minutes thinking that he was, you <laughs> know, Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, we had that in San Antonio and, 
you know, it was just a good group, you know, really a lot of the, a lot of the guys on that team have played together since we were in 2019. So it was, it was just a fun team to be well, on. And, and you were there when Mason Engler was, went through his, uh, yeah. his hit, his hitless streak for how, how many innings was it? 16. Yeah. Ran over from, ran over from Hickory to us. And it was, yeah. uh, you know, he was, he was fun to play behind. We had, a lot, a lot of guys that were fun to play behind. So that was, that was definitely cool. Yeah. I was going to say, we talked earlier this off season to Cole Reagans and I asked him the same thing about that. And he, you know, although he was glad to be up with the Rangers, he did say yeah. that, like he said, as soon yeah. as the games were over, he would run to his phone and start checking the box scores from the game yeah. and texting people and all that. So he said it was a lot of fun. I know he's another one that was really fun to to play behind. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> him, him and, uh, Engler and, Owen White are all very similar pitchers to me to where it's like you can sense the just the attitude they have on the mound and it's Tim Brennan is yeah. the same way um you know they're just no matter how they feel that day you know you know you're going to get their best if it's you know if they got 80% you know you know you're getting 100% of that 80 and you know quick tempo you know filling up the zone you know, a really big FU mindset. And it's just really, it, it helps set, set, set the tone for us um, as an offense and as a defense. So yeah, Reagan's is, you know, I, I, I couldn't have been happier for that guy. Like he's a, he deserves it. You know, he's been through a lot, you know, yeah. me and him have gotten close over the last two years being together. So that was really something, that was something special that, that he was able to be a part of this year. Uh, between double A and triple A, your batting average pretty much stayed the same. And like we just talked about, you had like what, 1400 at bats over the last 18 yeah. months. How did you stay locked in for pretty much the entire year? Um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I guess the season almost felt like it was two years long, but also like two months long. Um, you know, I, I lived with, I know one thing that helped was I lived with some guys that, um, you know, really helped keep, keep me loose and keep it fun. Um, I live with Trey Hare, Dustin Harris and Kellen Strom. And then, you know, when Trey unfortunately got let go, Aaron Savala filled that room and, you know, another just stud, but, you know, I think er early on in the season, it was easy to be like, you know, on the high, the roller coaster and, you know, I thought I was playing pretty well early on in the season, but then, you know, I think middle of the year, I kind of got a little too big for my britches and started trying to do a little too much, just kind of left, left who, who I am as a player. And, um, I think the last two months of the seasons when I, you know, kind of took a step back and realized that looked at myself in the mirror and realized like I was having a decent year, but you know, not really what. I thought I was capable of and just realized the weapons that, you know, we had in that lineup that were around me and realized there was no reason to do too much. Uh, so I kind of just went back to my roots of, you know, I kind of threw homers out the window. Um, you know, I remember having talks to my hidden coach and, and some of our scouts about just kind of going back to trying to be a doubles guy. And, you know, once that kind of, got going and I got the rhythm back then the doubles just became homers and that's kind of you know how I was able to finish and I think another big reason was I was on the fence about Puerto Rico for a majority of the year and once I told myself I wasn't going back I uh, 
just started playing with this kind of freedom of, hey, man, look, you got 150 at-bats left. Like, then you get an off-season, you get to be with your wife. You get to be, you know, go see your friends. You get to go hunting. You get to go fishing. You get to yeah. work out. And um, that that was a huge, you know, just relief on my part. And I think that's kind of – that that gave me that final, like, light at the end of the tunnel. Let's just grind this out. And that that's really what helped helped me i think in the middle of the season i was ready to i was thinking of ways to hang it up like it was tough. <laughs> june and june i had a little bump in the road on the injury and that didn't help so i was just yeah. i was ready i was ready for it to be over yeah and it's you you played for so long uh so many consecutive you know months that you know there's gonna be a lull in there you know yeah. it's gonna yeah. happen you know for and sure. it's i know it's tough but it's gonna happen. It's just natural. I mean, you can't you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that much without there, you know, not being a lull in there where you're just like, damn dude, I'm tired. You know, yeah. put me yeah. on the IL, just make up an injury. Let me get yeah. some rest, you know. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and that's what I mean. I went through it, you know, there were when I'd go up and you know, JG and Frisco would be like, Hey man, look, I'm trying to give you an off day. I just really can't right now. <laughs> and then my off day would come around and I'd be in the dugout and it would be really cool until like seven o'clock. And I'm like, that gum, I don't want this off day. Like I want to be out there. Right. So like, uh, you know, of course those would be the days where I'm, I'm thinking my swings there and all that kind of stuff, but <laughs> yeah, definitely a roller coaster. Yeah. All right. So do you have any big plans this off season? I mean, I know um, that you played in the Dominican last year. We've already talked about that and you're not doing it this year. Uh, you're going to take a break. So you said you'd like to, uh, you know, hunt and fish. What, what are your plans this off season? Well, a lot of my plans right now deal with what I'm doing right now. I got my dog right here on my left. <laughs> oh, I got mine right here too. <laughs> yeah. And then I got my, we have a new addition. It's not ah. technically, not technically mine, but um, it's a, uh, you know, right now my wife's a soccer coach here at North Greenville. So I'm in uh, Greenville, South Carolina and, she she left like in August. Um, so we're one of our roommates is one of her really really close friends from from college and all this kind of stuff. So this is her puppy. So, um, up you know until about December, it's it it's a lot of uh, wake up, you know, enjoy the mornings with my wife, and then go work out. You know, I just started hitting actually yesterday, and come home and you know I'm hanging with the dogs, to, you know, trying to get them. I take my dog to the facility with me every day. So she's, uh, I've been away from her too much over the last two years and she's about to be two. So trying to enjoy some time with her, trying to learn some new cooking recipes. And, uh, there you I'm, really go. Just, I'm really, I'm hey, really, we're sponsored by Walton's brother. <laughs> Buy some Walton seasonings. Yes. Yeah. I got, I actually got some, uh, I always pick one day a week to where I get the meat special at Publix, and tonight is the night where I got some filet medallions marinated, oh, ready, to, oh, ready to go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of downtime for me, just mentally not really worrying about having to go get a hit at seven seven o'clock at night is really yeah. is really a relief. Um, I got some. I'll get some fishing in mainly. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully I'll get some time in the woods in coming up in December. But my wife and I are finally taking our honeymoon <laughs> two years two years later. Yep. 
uh, <laughs> in December. So we're I got Justin Foster's bachelor party next week, even though he's already been uh, married. Uh, so we're we got we got that and um, yeah, that's I'm the a, way to do it right there, man. After yeah, you're already yeah. married, yeah. yeah. This this is my new addition here. This is Beltre, and I named him oh, Beltre. Yeah. I named him Beltre because I get to rub his head and he don't get pissed off at me. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I remember last time we had you on, you talked about how you guys hadn't taken your honeymoon yet. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, but I mean, at least now you get to enjoy it, right? Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, it'll be good for my wife too. She's, um, you know, at the peak of their season right yeah. now. They're the, num- they're the number one seed going into the conference tournament this weekend. So this is a big week for them. You know, I try and be like the team dad for them as well. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's just exciting to kind of be a fan of something and, you know, not really be consumed with playing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's more just the relaxation. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get, I have a few goals when it comes to, you know, um, on the performance side, like, I think this is the first off season I actually get to just go in a weight room consistently for three or four months and not worry about, you know, over COVID I had, of course, such a long time, but you never knew if they were going to call you and say, Hey, you're got to be ready to play. So I didn't yeah. really hit it as hard as I wanted to, but this off season, I'm kind of really focusing on that. So, um, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite of you because I'm a teacher for a living. So summer is when I get my downtime, not during yeah. this time of year. But yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. So you've played, you started in Frisco last year. You came up to Frisco last year and you played it yeah. this year. Uh, what do you think about Jared Gettard? I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I am too. And it's really, I mean, it's weird how I, I was kind of, I, I don't know, really know what type of leader I am. Um I'm not very vocal, but, you know, I, I guess I am if I feel like I need to be. But JG and and uh, Dorton, the hitting coach, and Chad, the development coach, and then um, even Jeff, the pitching coach, We I think we had a pretty special relationship. And, you know, I, I got as close with him as I think I could have. And, you know, JG did a really good job of of letting it be like an open communication. And, you know, I was kind of that, that middle ground for the players and the, and the, you know, the staff of what's going on, like how everybody's feeling and whatnot. So I remember me and JG, the day I got called up, like I went in there and was just like, JG, man, I can't, can't thank you enough for, for everything. And, you know, I hate I'm not going to be there, but it was funny. He was like, man, last year you came up here and there just wasn't enough time for me and you to really like get to know each other. Of course I knew you could hit and I was told to put you in the lineup, but this year it was like, you know, I was told that you were going to be one of the leaders. So I, I, it was really fun getting to know you and, you know, just the mutual respect and appreciation there from this year. was something that was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed how he treated me as a player um, and what standards he had for me and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think he was in a very similar spot as a player as I was. And so, it, you know, of course, I, I asked him for a lot of advice and tips over the, over the course of the year. And we've stayed in touch this offseason so far. So couldn't be, you know, couldn't be a bigger fan of JG. Yeah, he, he seems like one of those perfect um, 
I mean, I hate to put it this way, but there's some managers that they just love to be those developmental managers. They yeah. love to be like Philip Wellman's one of them. He was up here in Amarillo uh, when the when the Padres were here. And, um, you know, I got to interview him. He's the guy. I'm sure you've seen the YouTube video of the manager that lost his mind and yeah. threw the bases and did the grenade <laughs> toss. Yeah. You know, with the rosin bag and army crawl, that's Philip Wellman. And he just loves being that developmental manager. And, you know, I got to meet Fernando Tatis. You know, he, he was down here on a rehab assignment and got to interview him and, and got to meet Hideo Nomo. And, I mean, it's it, it well, he treated me very, very, very good. And um, But he, he loves being that developmental manager. Do you think that uh, – that, that JG is the same way. Yeah, but all you know, and also at the same time is like, you know, they preach that you know it's our careers and you know we have to own it and you know find our routines and find out what works for us. And so they also did a good job of like kind of finding that balance of, you know, hey, we're going to kind of lead you and it, you know, it be super structured in the beginning and then as you know things kind of developed throughout the season it you know they kind of took their hands off of us to an extent and let us like now of course there were some times where you know we felt like there was we were doing too much at some points and there were some times where um too little and that's where jg did a good job of like kind of having that open line of communication and um you know jg i think does a good job with the hand that he's dealt and you know we had a a pretty young team in some aspects and an old team in some aspects. So it's really hard to find that balance of like, Hey, we got some 28 year olds that have been doing this for seven years. And we also have a Cunha who's 20, who's just like, just getting to learn English. And like, yeah. we, you know, the staff has to do a, a good job of, you know, showing him, Hey, this is how you go about your business and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we had think- him on, we had him on uh, last year, actually, when he was with the uh, down East, yeah, and uh, the manager had to translate for him. Car- yeah, but, Carlos. Yeah. Yep, Carlos. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah, and I think I mean, I'd like a guy like Carlos, like you see the teams that he's been with the last two years. They're super young. They're super talented, and he is the definition of a developmental manager. But it's it's because he has to be. Like, yeah, um, you know, for that young of a team, you can't just say, "Hey, guys, uh, you know, BP is a four fifteen. Just make sure you're ready." But when you get to AAA, you know, that's kind of what it's like. It's like, hey, if you don't want to stretch, you're the, you're going to be the guy who gets hurt. Like, it's not on us. And that, you know, that's where it's – A was kind of that that medium ground this year. Um, so, it was, I mean, I, I, you know, I think JG did a very good job with, with um, what he was able to do. And I think he's the best of – you know, I think he's the best of both worlds. Like um, – I think he doesn't do too bad of a job, like stepping on toes. Like he's not going to, you know, go and interfere with a bunch of hitting stuff, even though he's a hitting guy when we have a hitting coach. And, you know, so I think, I think that's cool too, is, is he's just, he's there when you need him in a, in a good way. All right. Well, Blaine, I know this was mentally taxing. Why don't you go ahead and take tomorrow off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good now. As long as I don't have to worry about face 95, I'm good. <laughs> I understand that. Hey, we really do appreciate the time today, Blaine. Yeah, of course. Thank you all. Yep. Enjoy, enjoy a couple of weeks of rest and enjoy your honeymoon later this uh, year, man. Enjoy the honeymoon, I get will. some rest and, and, and get away from baseball for a little bit. 
Hopefully yeah. we'll see you at spring training in in April. Hopefully we'll yeah, be course. there. We're hoping of to be course. there. So yep. or March, not April. Sorry, April season starts. See you in March, not April. <laughs> yeah, we we should be there. We yeah. expect to be there. I'll put it that way. Well, I'll look for y'all. Sounds All good. Right, All right, buddy. once again, Blaine Cram. Thank you, sir. See y'all. See you. Take it easy, bud. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.